Hey, everybody. Jacob Suntra, managing editor of fearthefin.com, here with Marcus White, staff writer at fearthefin.com. Uh, so we're here after the four games of the five-game homestand. Sharks are 3-1 and one at that time. They just uh, had a three-game winning streak snap last night uh, against the Ducks. That was a 3-2 loss. Uh, Marcus was at the game. What can you what can you tell us about about the game? Uh, it was, you know, okay for the first two periods. I thought they played well in the first period. They played pretty well in the second. Um, but you know, they're tra- trailing a goal, leading on the shot clock, leading in puck possession, and then they were out possessed and outshot in the third period when you're trailing by a goal, and that's not what you want at all. Um, you know, DeBoer felt the need to shorten his bench to three lines. Uh, which was a little confusing to me at the time because Ryan Carpenter and Michael Haley had played so well. And, you know, I'll give full credit where credit's due. I thought the two periods that Haley played were the the best he's looked, uh, certainly this season and perhaps in the last, you know, two or three years that he's been with the Sharks. Um, you know, LeBanc played well, but Mikel Bodker, you wrote about him this morning. They're still looking for more. And I think reading between the lines, it was pretty clear that uh, – Mikhail Bodker was called out last night by Pete DeBoer when he said that some guys didn't deserve to play in the third period. Uh, so, you know, it was really, really kind of a strange third period because, you know, like I said, they, they needed a goal. They were trailing, but there wasn't that push that we've seen. And, you know, DeBoer mentioned that, you know, they've played a lot of games in a lot of days and that could have, could have something to do with it. But he also called out his young players too. He said, it's inexcusable when, the, the older guys like Pavelski, Thornton, and Marlowe are the guys with the best legs. So um, a bit of a strange game. Uh, you know, it's they're following the, the pattern again of win three, lose three, win three, lose three, win three. And now, hope you know, hopefully they don't lose three again. Uh, they've got Arizona, who they're 0-2 against coming up on Tuesday. But, you know, not – I think probably one of their worst uh, – you know, one of their worst games that I've, I've seen them play in person. I wasn't at the Pittsburgh game. I was not – in Detroit when they played the Red Wings, but of the games I've covered, that was probably the worst they've played uh, this season. I think what's interesting is that I, yeah, I saw that DeBoer quote about, you know, being upset with the young guys' legs and that uh, the young guys had much better games than the older guys in terms yeah. of possession numbers. So I, I kind of wonder at times just like if he's actually watching the actual play or if he's like just looking to see who's, you know, trying hardest or, or, yeah. or whatever. I mean, uh, LeBanc was good. You know, I thought Nieto was good. You know, and like you said already, Haley and Carpenter were good. Tierney was good. So, I mean, I, I don't really see where he's where he's coming from there. I mean, I understand that uh, obviously you're getting tougher tougher matchups. You know, the, right. the Ducks are really top-heavy this year. And I think that's why the fourth line's so good because the Ducks' fourth line is terrible, just yeah. awful. They have no depth whatsoever. I mean, they're a top-six team, and that's it. And uh, so, yeah, the Sharks are also right now kind of a top-six team because of all the injuries. Um, that being said... They still are deeper than the Ducks are, and I think that's why I found it so strange that shorten shorten the bench, um, especially given that it was a back to back. I mean, that to me is just a, a poor coaching decision. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the guy's already tired. They played. He just said talked about how you know oh, they play so many games in so few yeah. days. It's like okay, yeah, right? With a wire bench. Yeah. You know, I, what, I, he, he, was probably thinking, he was probably thinking because today they have the day off. He was thinking, okay, they've got the day off kind of just let them loose. Um, yeah, it was it was a strange decision at the time. I think, you know, Anaheim, certainly they made their bench a little shorter up a goal, and that that probably factored into his decision a little mm. bit that, you know, he's, you're going to see more of the Getzlaff and Perry line than you know, he doesn't want to 
leave, uh, you know, Michael Haley and Ryan Carpenter out there. But I thought their play warranted more minutes last night. Uh, I thought it was a bit of an bit of an odd decision. And yeah, you know, looking at the looking at the numbers, the bottom six was the you know were the guys that that did the best. But you know, for whatever reason, DeBoer saw uh, other players have more jump. Um, I think you might have been talking about the second line that really just did not have a very yeah, they good were night. Quite poor. They had did not have a very good night last night. Um, so it was a strange game too. And then obviously the, the goal controversy that was so evocative of the controversy that happened in Nashville, uh, pretty much the exact same play, except this time the net was dislodged and the goal was upheld and not overturned. Um, you know, Logan Couture was pretty candid about that after the game. And I, I wrote about the similarities between the two uh, in a post that's up this morning. So I, it was just kind of a kind of a weird, weird game. You know, they I think they were playing super well, and then Anaheim uh, scored those two goals pretty quickly, and all of a sudden the Sharks were just seemed kind of sapped of energy. Like Anaheim started to play better after they took the lead, and the Sharks started to play worse after they were trailing, which you don't normally see often um, from this team. So I think a bit bit of a concern, but I think you know amidst the injuries you all you can really ask for from your bottom six is to play the way they did. And, you know, if the, the top six has a, has an off night, like they did in terms of, you know, puck possession last night, you're, you're probably not going to win. Right. Uh, I think the biggest thing looking at the matchups is that the uh, Couture line saw a lot of the uh, Perry Getzlov line as did the Sharks top line. So they were really uh, double shifting those guys a lot. Yeah. Um, I know that's been kind of the case for years and those guys play just crazy, crazy numbers of minutes um, because they can, you know, they can handle it. Yeah. Uh, but ni- neither of the top two lines played well against the Perry Getzlov line, which in some level kind of makes sense because that line is so overloaded at the same time, you know, you've yeah. got the, got Joe Pavelski and Joe Thornton playing together. So you right. should have at least and counteract that. Donskoy, two of the most, you know, defensively solid players forwards that the Sharks have. So. You know, uh, I don't know. There are going to be nights where you play where you don't play well. So I'm not going to read too much into the into the one yeah. game because they played quite well against Anaheim the first time, and of course yeah. now they're uh, without so much of the depth that's made them such a good team uh, the past couple of years. So Co was really good again last night, though he was one player that while you know rewatching the game when I got home from the Barracuda game, that was that was a guy that that stood out to me. Um, he looked. Great, just like he's pretty much looked all him, season. I mean, him and Dylan DeMello looked really, really good together. DeMello was another late addition, and I thought he played really, really well. And, you know, I was I was writing my the, the recap and before Vlastic get down, went down, and I basically was writing that, oh, you know, he he's pretty much – he deserves more playing time, and you can see why the Sharks are so keen to hang on to him because, you know, in the event of injury, he's so good. And then, of course, Vlasic went down in the third period – after I wrote that. So, um, you know, we don't know the nature of Vlasic's injury, but they're, they they could very well need, uh, you know, Dylan DeMello here, and they may need some of the defensemen that you saw playing for the Barracuda last night. Ooh, good segue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> the Barracuda won 5-2 last night. Adam Haluka had two goals. Marcus Sorensen had two goals. And the, the, uh, they just looked – I was at the game, as uh, uh, Marcus kind of alluded to. It was yeah, just a really – Fun team, really good. A lot of lot of jump. They move fast. The puck movement's very good. The power play reminds me a lot of uh, the Sharks' power play in the way that it's set up. Um, 
you know, being closer to the ice level, it's a, a, it can be more difficult to kind of get a sense for exactly everything that's going on. You notice things more like, um, you know, guys that make good plays on the puck or protect pucks, that kind of thing, a lot more than you notice um, some of the bigger picture stuff that you can see on TV or from the press box, obviously. But uh, I noticed that uh, Tim Heath looks good. Uh, you know, Mirko Mueller looked good. I, I haven't looked at, you know, any of the, the stats such as they are. Yeah, and I just, I like the kind of the, the system that they're playing. I like the style that yeah. they played. I thought Goldobin looked good. Um, I honestly think this year is a pretty good, uh, you know, for all the, the, the smack talk that Roy Sommer has received over the year, I think this is a pretty good, to me anyway, indication that, yeah, well, this might be the first time in his career that he's actually had good players. No, I, I agree. I think uh, so. <laughs> that's what it certainly seems like. I mean, you know, we can, t- we can talk about how the Sharks haven't developed a ton of picks and they haven't, you know, the fact of the matter is they really haven't had a lot of high picks over the last few years. And the players that have been ready to play have pretty much been ready to play right away or have been pressed into duty uh, right away and really haven't had a chance to, um, you know, it's, it's hard to, to keep a cupboard stocked when you, when you're drafting so low and, you know, it's, it's nice to see him finally have some talent. So you, you mentioned Goldobin. Uh, I'm curious, how did he look defensively? And then how did Timo Meyer look? Uh, well, Timo looked really good. I really like, I like so much of what he does in terms of just his uh, overall hockey intelligence. He makes a lot of great plays. Like his zone entries are good. He made a really good play last night where he kind of, um, he dumped the puck in basically to himself because he's fast enough and strong enough that he was able to kind of dump the puck in, muscle his way through a rain defender behind the net, uh, and then throw the puck back in front of the net to lead to a scoring chance. And it's stuff like that. But that, to me, when I see that, that's what I think of is that, uh, that role that Hurdle played on the top line with the yeah. Joes that kind of you know, chases after pucks. And he's so strong physically that he can muscle off guys off of the puck. And I think that that's going to carry over to the NHL level, to be honest. And that goes, you know, in addition to the fact that he's a good scorer, has very good hands. Um, and so he looked great. And Goldobin looked good, too. You know, I, didn't, I, I will say that I didn't notice him defensively which I'm going to take as a good sign to be honest right, right. Um, I was so I was at the end of the Sharks attacked on or Barracuda attacked on twice so I okay. only had one period where I really could see everything yeah. happening defensively but it, he looks really I noticed him a couple times uh, a couple of zone exits that I thought looked quite good because he's just kind of a, a slippery guy I think yeah the that won't work as well in the NHL, obviously, as it does in the AHL because, uh, you know, the other players are smarter and stronger and faster than the guys he's kind of, you know, dangling around at the AHL level. That being said, I also thought that he, he's not unwilling to pass the puck. You know, the puck movement's yeah. really good. And I think that that's something that Sommer deserves some credit for, that he's really preaching that same kind of puck movement style type thing that the Sharks are doing. You know, it didn't, it was not a lot of, individual skilled players and they have a lot of them going out and making stuff happen on their own. It was really more of a, a team game, which I think is good because I don't think that, you know, there's no uh, Connor McDavid on, on the Barracuda. So there are not guys that are going to, you know, create everything by themselves against an NHL caliber team. But the fact that they play a similar style to the Sharks, the fact that they play a team offense and team defense, I think it bodes well as far as if they do need to call somebody up, plugging them into the lineup, will go better than it would if, uh, if they weren't playing that way. So that, to me, was really encouraging as well. That's, that's good to hear because I think, um, you know, there's, there's, a good, there's a very good chance that they'll need some of these guys this year, and there's, all, there's a, 
much better chance that they're going to need them next year. So it's it's good to hear uh, they're taking some strides. Your description of Timo Meyer makes the uh, the Marlowe comparison sound a lot more uh, a lot more apt after seeing him play uh, in person. Who was kind of an under the radar guy that you know maybe you weren't paying as much attention to before that you thought played well, well last night. Yeah. I mean the, the so there were a, there were a couple of guys I kind of like um, uh, Yevpalovs. Yeah, uh, I think that I I'm I was really surprised. I had watched a couple of his highlights and I was I loved his play in those. And I went and looked at his stats and was like was not impressed at all. They are not good, but he's got he has something. You know I don't know if it's a, a guy that's going to ever be good enough to play in the NHL, but he's right. he is really fun to watch offensively, especially he just. He's very fast. He knows where the puck is. Um, he gets. He's good getting into you know some physical battles uh, along the boards. I thought he looked good there. Um, you know, I and I also I noticed uh, Daniel O'Regan a, a lot. And yeah. I know now that he's not really an under the radar guy anymore because he's played right. in an NHL game. But uh, you know that was a guy that coming into the season I didn't really have any expectations for because it's you know not not a high draft pick, a college yeah. guy. Uh, so that was that to me. Like seeing him really just excelling at the AHL levels, like it, it, it's like okay, I I get why the uh, why the Sharks gave gave him a chance. Yeah. Um, I also felt like Rourke Chartier looked pretty good. Um, you know, it's really it's one of those teams that there are so many players that uh, that are good. You know that it, it's individual guys don't stand out the same way that they uh, right. you know that they would normally. But I think O'Regan had three points. And uh, I'm looking at the, sh- the stats now. Yeah, O'Regan had six shots on goal. I mean, that's wow. – Okay, well, that, so that makes sense. That's why yeah. he stood out. So there you go. Uh, and Tim Heat had two shots on goal. You know, that's also a good uh, – Exactly. Uh, and uh, let's see, who else? Uh, Bergman had three shots. Uh, Adam Haluka also had six shots on goal. You know, uh, McCarthy also actually looked pretty good. Uh, he had a couple shots on goal. I know that's he's kind of the old man on the team, but uh, yeah. you know, yeah. he's still he's still out there doing his thing. You know, Timo had two assists. Uh, so you know, overall, that's a that's a just a good, strong overall like team performance. And uh, you know, against a rain team, that's definitely not as good as last year, but still, you know, still pretty solid. Yeah, uh, you know they still Marish is still down there, which is shocking to me. Um, yeah, he's that good. That good. I, I mean, I I think, and I just think that the Kings don't have very much uh, offensive talent, so I don't understand yeah. why they're not playing him. Yeah, um, Paul Bissonnette was a uh, you know gooning around like he I always saw does. He's nasty. Uh, he's uh, yeah, he's, a, he's a, yeah, he is garbage. Just yeah. a garbage human being. Uh, and uh, Rob Scuderi looked pylony, um, even at the <laughs> AHL level. Uh, God bless him. So that was that was interesting. I thought Mantis Armalis also played well. I what was his save percentage? Let's I was going to ask yeah, about Thomas Steele. How do you how do you look in the crease? Because Grossdick's hurt, right? Uh, yeah, that's yeah exactly. That's what it sounds like. Because I believe Armalis played uh, in both games in the back to back. So uh, which is not great, obviously. But he uh, yeah, twenty two saves on twenty four shots. Uh, the guy they've got right now is Jamie Murray. They just called him up from the ECHL right. yesterday. He was uh he was a uh, he was like the he seemed like he was the third in the pecking order at training camp. I'd forgotten about him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so he gets uh, moved to San Jose, so he gets to escape uh, Allen, Texas for uh, for a little while. So <laughs> hey, that, that, that can only be a good thing. 
Um, what about the uh, what about the Swedes? You mentioned one briefly before the show, and you just mentioned one briefly. Uh, Tim Heed and uh, and Marcus Sorensen. There was a lot of buzz about Sorensen before the season, and it seems like you know, following some people who follow the Barracuda, it seems like Heed's had a really good year uh, for the Barracuda down there, and has made the transition to the, the North American ice well. What did you What did you think of those guys? Yeah, I thought that uh, I, I really liked Sorensen. That was to me that was the guy that that I was thinking of first uh, after the game. Um, and he didn't have much in the way of like you know uh, uh, shots or chances or anything, but it's just more uh, just really creative player, really good uh, entering entering the zone. Uh, I believe I believe it was on a power play. Um, just the the way there there was one shift in particular where they just did a really good job of keeping the puck moving and you know kind of playing keep away around the the rain defenders. Uh, long enough to get a, a chance on goal. I think it actually ended up leading to a goal. Uh, and so I really liked him in that area. And Heed's zone exits are just so good. He's just, he just, it's a, you know, he's a smart player. And he's a little bit older, obviously. So, you know, that, that makes sense. He's got that extra experience. But I feel like Heed is good enough now that if the Sharks really needed a defender, that, you know, that's, I call him up before Mueller for sure. That's not even a question to me. Um, and I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Sorensen get a, a look at some point. I think he's got something like, I think it was eight or nine points, something like that. Um, so, you know, that's a guy that I think could contribute. Um, you know, I think for, for me right now, I mean, Timo Meyer's the guy I want to see called up next, unless it's uh, they call up O'Regan again because he's got a little bit of experience to play center. Right. You know, that's fine too. If, if it's a center-based move, calling up O'Regan or Chartier, that makes sense to me. But if they're looking just to add a little bit more, you know, scoring whatever or overall just looking to become a much better team i think meyer's probably the next guy that gets called up is my guess and i think meyer can play center as well i think he's playing center right now for the barracuda um they have him listed here as a as a center interesting uh let's see uh it doesn't say anything about they don't have maybe don't have face-off data on here so I can't say I noticed him taking face-offs, but quite frankly, I mean, you know how little I care about face-offs. I'm right. not right. even, you know, paying, paying attention to them. <laughs> um, uh, wow, do they just not track face-offs at all? There's no way. Somebody, somebody somewhere. That's surprising to me that there's no wow. NHL tracking of face-offs. Yeah, I, I don't see it anywhere. I just saw it on the game report. Huh. Okay, well, yeah, I'm sorry. You think that the demand for stats in those leagues is even, you know, amongst hardcore fans is even higher than the stats. Yeah. Getting. That's what I would think, too. Um, I guess they just have to go ask the backup goalie what the faceoffs were. <laughs> we'll ask, uh, we could ask Jamie Murray. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, it sounds like, you know, it sounds like there's a lot of, a lot of players standing out for them, which is, you know, I think we expected this year that they'd have a really strong team. And it's, it's nice to see it coming to fruition. Maybe there will be a, a Calder Cup parade in, in San Jose's future if there isn't a Stanley Cup parade. Uh, Why not both? Season. They can have them on the same uh, – they can do it together, a joint parade. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be crazy if that, if that happened. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I think we should now talk about uh, another guy, you know, who played for the Barracuda last year, applied his trade to the minors. Guy we've been pining to start for a lot more than he has, and this past week pretty much validated uh, that. Aaron Dell, I don't, I don't think there's uh, – you know, much more that people can say about him that hasn't been said, but I think it, it bears repeating that he should be playing 
he should be playing more games. Uh, he looked really, really good against the Islanders, and yes, it was the Islanders, but you know, his he's just he's a very calm player. And uh, I remember, you know, he he drawn some comparisons, you know, in some ways to Jones. Some of the players said he was he's similar to Jones, and he's smaller than Jones, but I can definitely see uh, the comparison. He just he moves well. He's great positionally. Um, he, he finds that right balance, I think, as a, as a smaller goaltender of what um, Alex Stalock with struggled a bit at times at the NHL level and just being over-aggressive. Um, I think, um, you know, Dell really is, you know, he, ch- he channels it well. You know, he, he's, he challenges shooters. He, I don't see him usually too deep in his crease, but he's not, you know, over-aggressive, you know, maybe like a Stalock or a Jonathan Quick can be at times, like, you know, just sliding past the post. He's sliding so hard off of his opposite post. He's very, he, it's controlled aggression. And, um, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it speaks to the shark scouting staff as, as to how they found him. Cause this is a guy who played in the, a defunct hockey league, then the ECHL, then the AHL. And now he's, uh, backing up the NHL. Uh, what, what did you think of Dell this week against the Islanders? Yeah, he looked great. Uh, and I, I agree the controlled aggression is a big thing. And I think that that is the biggest similarity to me, uh, between him and Jones, they play that same that you know that reverse VH style where they, uh, which basically just means that they use the post to push off to go from side to side and to control their lateral movement. And so what they'll do is they'll take their skate blade and lock it up against the side of the post and then push off using that to get to the other side. And that's something that Jones uses a lot uh, to to pretty great effect. It's something that Jonathan Quick uses a lot to great effect, obviously. And I think that because, like you said, Adele's smaller, that he needs to be a little more aggressive than Jones is. And so obviously that you know, will lead to a, maybe more mistakes, more goals, whatever. But I think that he's definitely proven that he's more than good enough to be the Sharks' backup and I think should probably get some more playing time. Uh, if for no other reason than just, you know, I feel like Martin Jones could use, uh, you know, use some more nights off. Uh, you know, and it's not like Dell was a young guy. I know you talked about him kind of having a long – long journey to the NHL. I mean, he's 27 years old, so. He's older than Jones. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely he is. Yeah, yeah, because he's 27. I believe Jones is 25. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's always a, it's nice to see a guy like that, that is stuck or stuck it out. Uh, Jones is 26. Uh, stuck it out for as long as he has to, to finally kind of, you know, get, get the call that, that he really deserves. So I think that after this week, we're going to start seeing him a little bit more. I think that DeBoer is going to start trusting him more to, to go out there and uh, and get the job done. I mean, he's played very well in all three games he started. The only game he didn't play well in was when he was, you know, called in uh, to play. And in fairness, literally no one played well. So I, I yeah. really would have a hard time pointing to a save percentage in that game as a, a point of concern. And that's a tough ask to say, hey, you haven't played, you're not warmed up, but go against Cindy Crosby, Evgeny Balkan, Phil Kessel, and the defending Stanley Cup champions. Oh, and by the way, all the skaters on your team are playing like garbage. So, all right, <laughs> yeah. Godspeed. Let me know how that goes. We'll see you later. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. So the goaltending has been so much better these past 10 games just overall. Yes. You know, Jones included. Jones has been, I wrote about this, uh, it's been quite a bit better. I mean, the save percentage still doesn't look good. But if you look at, you know, the, uh, the way, it's moving in the right direction. It is. Yeah. You know, bottomed out, and now it's uh, rising back up, and that's really good news for the Sharks, obviously as well. Yeah, I think I think Dell. We got to see see him on Tuesday. Uh, they got that mm-hmm. Tuesday Wednesday doubleheader. 
um, or excuse me, back to back. You know, I I cannot see Dell starting against the Kings when Jones played for the Kings. I think Jones is there's no way every start yeah. against the Kings, barring injury. Um, you know, he's played yeah. he's played very well in the Staples Center with the Sharks uh, historically. Um, have they have they lost a game in the Staples Center with him? I could look at his game log. I, I will do that, and I will stall right. at the same time. Um, I'm going to be at that game on Wednesday. and uh, That's right. Barring some kind of ma- major catastrophe, I assume you'll be at the game on Tuesday. Yes, uh, I, hopefully. Um, my and guess it, is there's not going to be a CSN game, though. So oh, okay. yeah, that the, lack of Ari- the lack of Arizona media uh, bodes right. well for my... Um, Credential bodes status. Bodes well for, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, so, yeah, are you going to be at the morning skate? Uh, honestly, I doubt that it's going to probably be an optional skate if they even have right. one because the back to back and they're traveling. So I don't think yep. it's probably going to be worth going to be honest. We'll see though. Uh, I'm, I'm going to play it by ear. We'll see what, like the, what the game looks like on Tuesday. And if I think that there's yeah, something pressing, I'm going to go and get answered, then I'll drive out there. But yeah, that's right. it's an hour and a half drive for me. So I, uh, oh, yeah, it's far. It's yeah, it's, it's, it should, it would be an hour without traffic in fairness. So, you know, for Southern California, that's no big deal. Um, but we'll see. We will see. I'm, I'm gonna. I, I will certainly uh, do do my best to to do both if uh, if I think they're actually gonna you know do anything. Of course. Um, so Martin Jones so, has not lost a game at the Staples Center as a member of the San Jose Sharks. Wow. How many games are we talking about? He played in two in the regular season last year, three in the playoffs, and none this year. He's five and zero. Uh, most goals he's allowed is three in a game, and even then he stopped thirty-three of thirty-six shots. So <laughs> he's been he's been he's been money there. Good. Um, that's a yeah. That's some free post idea if I ever had one. Uh, you're welcome, fear the fin <laughs> readers. <laughs> um, um. So yeah, no, that's that's uh, he's been you know it's his former team. I'd imagine he'll play that game, and you know it it, it makes sense the third for the third time the charm to be the charm for DeBoer to play Dell against Arizona because he, he probably should have started at least one of those two um, previous games. So, you know, what are you, what are you looking for from the Sharks this week? They've got, you know, back-to-back Arizona, LA, then they they host the Montreal Canadiens on Star Wars night. Uh, Shea Weber will be walking into the, walking into the building. And I'm, I'm sure there's a, there's some Darth Vader metaphor there. I just, I, it's too early for me to think of one. Um, well, my thought would be that uh, Vlasic literally d- dipped him in lava in Game Seven. Uh, <laughs> so now he was Anakin. Then he's gone to Montreal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and now he's Darth so, Vader. Yeah. When when when, when he when, fell on that giveaway to Logan Couture was the equivalent of Anakin falling into the into the lava. Oh, man, that's that's yeah. too much. Yeah, that's wow. That's actually it's a little on the nose, huh? That's pretty much what happened. Now he's <laughs> so gone to Montreal of all places. Yeah, that's a little. A little on the nose for sure. Uh, and then, though, the Sharks get a nice break after that Montreal that's, game. They're off for one, two, three, four days. So that's that, that break literally could, literally could not come at a better time. Yeah, for sure. Um, given the injuries and stuff, it's like, you know what? How about a nice week off? Doesn't a week off sound pretty good? It's like, yes, yes, that and sounds that's wonderful. Even their, you know, their CBA mandated bye week for the season. Right. Ah oh, man, I'm looking forward to that. Where should we go on vacation? I'm thinking we can do a cruise to Mexico or <laughs> what, what would you think? Some of them will probably be in Cancun. Uh, dude, yeah, maybe we'll uh, see if Logan will take us uh, take us with him. I assume that he's going to have of all the guys, is going to have the the best time. So 
I'm into it. Let's do it. Or just, you know, Brent Burns and his ability to live life to the fullest and just find fun in anything. Yeah, I'm just worried that there's gonna and we're gonna end up like you know sleeping in a bed of snakes or something. And I, yeah, yeah, listen, reptiles are fine. I don't want to sleep with yeah. one. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great way of putting it. <laughs> I'm concerned. Uh, so yeah, I think overall though, this uh, homestand, you know, uh, last night notwithstanding, I guess, has been really good. Um, I think something else that's worth noting is that I think the Sharks have lost. Uh, so let's see, what, what is their record at now? How many losses do they have? Is it- They've lost ten games, I think. I think they're 12 and and I think that half of those losses are one goal games yeah I mean, it certainly seems like it let's see one two three four five six oh that's half of them so there you go yeah. boom nailed it uh so you know that's there's something to be, wow I think their last their last six losses have all been by one goal yeah. That's wild. And they have seven one-goal losses. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, there's some reason for optimism even in that because I, you look at the record and it's not, you know, it's fine. It's good. Um, and in the NHL this year, it's really not that weird to see a good team with a close to 500 record. Um, think that the Sharks still have room to, A, just be better just overall because they'll have better players on the ice, whatever. But they also could stand to be luckier. Uh, you know, you're talking about a couple bounces and they have 15, uh, 15 wins. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's, that's good. That's really, to me, it's really, really encouraging. So, you know, I, I still feel really good about this team. And I'm, if we're going to have to deal with injury stuff, I'm glad it's happening in November and December and not, you know, in a March, April or May or whatever. Yeah, I think, you know, they're scoring venue adjusted. They're still in the top five or top six. Um, if you adjust for scoring venue, though, I, I believe hell has officially frozen over because the Edmonton Oilers have surpassed them in puck possession. Uh, <laughs> the Oilers sit. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. The, <laughs> the Oilers sit. It's over. The Oilers sit. We're good. In scoring venue adjusted, Corsi, and fourth in score they're actually tied with the sharks in score venue adjusted fedwick which is that the top the top two of the top three teams stunned me uh boston number one in puck possession and philadelphia three um but yeah so they, yeah they're you know they're 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 playing really well uh the record might not be indicating it uh but and you know last night notwithstanding like you said but they're they're playing well um and yep. you know i think this is a good this is a good team um they put. They look so good in the first three games of the homestand. I think you know they get, they get a, a win against Arizona on you know on Tuesday. That's four of five on the homestand, and then get a point on the back to back. You know, uh, Friday will be tough. Montreal's played really well to start the season, and you know they're not a great possession team, but it doesn't matter when you have Carey Price um, yeah, being uh, Carey Price. Jay Weber shooting at a historically impossible to sustain uh, level. <laughs> yeah, they've. You know their their defense is played well. You know Andre Markov's been good. He's benefiting my uh, fear the Finn League fantasy team. Tampa Bay actually sits seventeenth in scoring venue adjusted Fenwick, which kind of shocks me. What about scoring venue adjusted Corsi? Tampa Bay seventeenth in those categories. That's yeah, it's not it's not good. That's surprising. Um, so I'm I'm excited. To, I'm really excited to see them play against Carey Price. We don't get to watch Price a lot, and I'm sure it'll end up. Thank God for that. Yeah, I'm sure it'll end up being a more uh, frustrating experience than a 
enjoyable one. But um, you know, I'm I'm excited to see them against uh, Price, and you know, good game. It'll be nice to see them play LA again. It's been a little while, and they haven't they haven't been to the Staples Center since they eliminated the Kings in Game Five of the um, of the Stanley Cup Finals, or it's not the Finals. Excuse me, the Stamp. <laughs> That'd be great. That's, yeah, that would be great. The first round of the playoffs, though, the it feels like it was two years ago. Yeah, which is which is nuts. It's only been seven months, I think. Um, if that, maybe a little longer. It's a long seven months. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see all those games, and then you know it's going to be interesting to see on the injury front what happens. Um, if Vlasic's out long term, I mean Carlson's on IR. If if Wingles is out an extended stretch. Um, you know, probably we'll see Barkley Gaudreau play after you know he got he got sent down. He got called up, sent down the same day. And then he he assisted on the game winning goal for the Barracuda. Yep. And then last night he gets called up, doesn't play. But then you know, and then Dylan Demello gets forced into action. So I'm I'm really intrigued if Vlasic is hurt to see who they bring up. Uh, having not watched the Barracuda, I agree with you. I think Tim Heed uh, would get the first look. Um, but maybe Mueller does if they want to maintain uh, handedness. You know, if they want to go with Schlemko and Schlemko and and Demello to start, and then you know Mueller can draw in because you know Schlemko can play either side. Um, you know, I I, I think I would tr- I would trust any of the Sharks' defense when they call up playing with David Schlemko. He's been so good uh, this season. So, you know, I think this is a good opportunity though. If Lasek's not out for a long time, that you know, a little bit of a a showcase with Dylan DeMello. I play DeMello yeah. with Schlemko every single night and I oh, pump yeah. those numbers up and then I trade him. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a good call. I think, um, you know, and the, and the good, the good thing is too, I think about, you know, if with Heed playing well is, you know, if you do lose DeMello uh, to waivers or you trade him, you know, in a, in a, you know, a trade for a forward or for picks or something, there's, there's talent within the system, uh, that they could, you know, they could be able to hang on to him. Of course, if an, ex- an expansion draft uh, could come along, they could still draft him. He, cause he will be eligible based on how much he's played in Sweden. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, and he's on a, he'll be on a cheap contract. I don't think he's signed beyond this year, but there, you know, like we said, I don't think there's anything that stops Vegas from drop drafting uh, pending unrestricted free agents. As far as I'm aware. So, um, right. I, I think they're allowed to do it. I mean, I, I, that's not what I would do, but, uh, no, you know, yeah, of course, unless you like, really I, I'll think- be curious to and it's like, it just seems to me like a waste of the pick. Cause you could just try to go sign the guy anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, cause they'll so, have the exclusive negotiating window. For like right. A- right. True. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a really interesting week. Uh, there's only, you know, there's going to be what three games the next week. And then, you know, we get that break. So, uh, yeah, we got a couple days off here. The Barracuda don't play again until Saturday, so there's not going to be a whole lot of insight to be gained from that as far as, you know, who gets called up, who doesn't get called up. My assumption is that the Sharks will have a full practice tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, especially given that they're going to have to kind of re-figure out um, what's going on, who's going where, who's playing, who's healthy, who has gotten this mystery illness, you know, et cetera. Um, so... Yeah, we'll see what happens. Because, yeah, like you said, Hurdle's on the long-term IR. Carlson's on the IR now. So it, there, there are going to be some things that need to, need, need to happen here. So it'll be interesting to see. And, uh, you know, uh, talking about injury stuff is not my favorite thing in the world, but it does, you know, on the positive side, give uh, some young guys some opportunities. 
and can give us a chance to kind of take a fresh look at the um, at the way that the Sharks line up. You know, I just did a post talking about the Sharks need to make changes to their bottom six, and while that's still relevant, it changes now. Uh, you know, the, the more the more people they get hurt, the less the fewer options that they're going to have, obviously, to to do anything creative with that fourth line. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but I think that's all I have. Do we have anything else that we uh, didn't hit that we should have? Uh, not that I can think of. I think we've, we've covered it. Oh, I want to mention, let's talk about Mikhail Bakker real yes, quick. Yes, yes. So here's, here's, here's the thing. So Peter Borg uh, did, uh, you know, the, the pseudo call out last night. And I know people are frustrated that he only has two goals this season because he was signed really exclusively for his goal scoring ability. Um, so I did a post this morning that you can read. Uh, but if you want the, the gist of it, uh, when I looked first looked at his hockey reference page, I saw, you know, the two goals, uh, only 20 shots on goal. So my first thought is, okay, so he's just been bad then, that, you know, he's not, it's not necessarily unlucky in a low shooting percentage, which is what you usually associate with a slump. Then I started digging a little bit deeper, and his, he is attempting more shots this year. So, you know, Corsi, right? Uh, than he has at any other point in his career. His, individual, good, his individual rate is the highest. Correct. Wow. And his individual individual scoring chances per sixty minutes is at the highest rate of his career. His yeah. expected goals per sixty minutes is at the highest rate <laughs> of his career. I mean, the thing is, is that throughout all of this, his struggles, I've never lo- thought he looked bad. I just haven't really noticed him that much. Which you know, I, I I get is not a positive thing per se, but it's also not. He doesn't look bad out there or anything. Yeah. So I think that you know, he is. My, my, and I looked even uh, where he's taking his shots from, right? Because, you know, I mean, you just got to start thinking like, okay, so what's the deal? What's the problem? Yeah, and, yeah. and taking shots from exactly the same places he usually does. You know, it's possible he's just getting really, really, really unlucky. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and it's only 20 games. You know, I saw people talking right. about, oh, he's signed for four years and two right. goals. And it's like, right. It's 20 games, you yeah. crybabies. Yeah, you chill mean, out? Guys, are bigger. We've, we've seen guys of the Sharks go through slumps like that. And he's um, not Logan Couture. Logan Couture goes yeah. through a slump like this, and I think, well, that's pretty peculiar. Yeah. No, Bodker's like a good third liner, okay? A good third yeah. liner going through a big slump is not that weird. That's why yeah. he's a third liner. Yeah, no. I, that's I, the deal. Well said. I think um, last night, I think, was probably one of his lesser games of the season. Like I wrote about, he didn't attempt – um, according, at least according to the stats I was looking at, because he didn't play in the third period, and I was looking at the the stats the Sharks kept. He did not sure. attempt a shot uh, in yeah, in the two periods, good. and that's you know they they need more from him. But you know, like you said, if over the whole of the twenty games, it, it does feel like he's got. I, I think the eye test backs that up. I think he, it feels like he's gotten good chances. Um, you know, DeBoer was asked about him. I think. Um, in Arizona and they said, you know, he said he's shooting the, you know, they liked that he's shooting the puck a lot. And I think before the, you know, he said that, that, um, he didn't, he hadn't shot the puck on net, but if, if DeBoer seeing that he was attempting a lot of shots, um, that could explain why he's, you know, he hasn't necessarily called him out last night. If, if, you know, Bodker, you know, he didn't attempt any shots. So I, I can imagine his patience for not scoring is a lot lower. Cause you know, like you said, they brought this guy in for, his offensive ability. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like he's pressing, you know, as, as nebulous as that is, it doesn't seem like he's gripping the stick too tightly. Uh, he seems like a pretty, you know, 
in talking to him, like a pretty mellow, reasonable guy who, you know, gets, he understands that the acclimation could take time. Um, I don't think it's anything to be concerned about long-term. You know, if this slump persists at the 40 game mark, obviously you're, you're a little more concerned about the contract, but you know, it's, it's still so like we're at the quarter pole of the season. The Sharks are in a playoff spot historically since like 2000. That pretty much means that they're going to be in the playoffs barring a collapse you know, of like, you know, we've seen some teams have or an insanely hot run like the Ducks had last year or the Ottawa Senators had a couple of years ago. Barring that, they'll be in the playoffs. If, if Bodker can find his stride in the second half of the season, everyone will have forgotten about the fact that he has he scored two goals in his first 21 games. Yeah, he's so... He's been slumping recently, is would be fair. He so he had no yeah. no shot attempts last night. Um, the game before that, uh, he had a couple, but it only had one in the game before that. One in the game before that. So you mm-hmm. know, in the past four games, he's only attempted four shots, and so that's I could see it being a, a a point of concern. But before that, it was you know three two two three you know two four six. So. Yeah. I don't know, guys. Guys, go through. He's going through a slump inside of his slump. It's great uh, yeah. that he loves that. <laughs> so you know, to me, the biggest thing is that he's he's getting paid too much money for it to be a huge concern because he's not going anywhere. So yeah, you know, I mean, you can complain about the contract if it makes you feel better about yourself, but there's not really a whole lot constructive that can be done about it. That's yeah. to me, that's the biggest thing. Like when people ask me, oh, you know, you're talking about Haley. Why aren't you talking about Bodker? It's like, well. Because the Sharks can actually do something about Haley. The Sharks can't do anything about Bodker. If Bodker turns out he sucks, then the Sharks are kind of hosed. Bod- yeah, Bodker is, is as sunk of a cost as it gets in terms of an NHL yep. contract, in terms of the multi-year investment. Yep. Yes, he doesn't have a no-trade clause, but you know he's a sunk cost. A guy like Michael Haley, who, yes, he's on a minimum, but he's, he's on a minimum deal, so they have a lot of flexibility as to who – and he's at the bottom of the lineup where there's a lot of flexibility – to play him. That's where changes uh, come. That's why they're at the bottom exactly. of the lineup. That's the whole thing. Exactly. That's that's the point. Exactly. And uh, you know, you win when you have a good a top six that you're you know pretty confident in. You're going to win the games. You're going to win a lot of games at the margins, and you you know you want your marginal your players at the margins to be the best they can be. And you know, give credit where credits due. Michael Haley played really really well last night. Um, I thought you know Ryan Carpenter. I'm I'm excited to see him this week. Uh, Carpenter hopefully get an extended look because I thought he, him and him and LeBanc had had definite chemistry together. Um, their skill sets just seemed to mesh really well. So, yeah, it's good. I, I agree though. I think it's just it's too early to, you know, bang the drum of concern about uh, Mikhail Bodker. It's like yes, you know, he's he's making a lot of money, and you obviously like him to have more than two goals. But you know, I think they 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 signed. That's the rate for you know, top nine forwards that can slide up to the second line or can slide down to the third line, depending on the situation of, you know, $4 million contract or however much he's making. I think it's 4 million a year, right? Or is it 4.1? Yes. Yeah. 4 million. Four. That's, that's the, like, that's the going rate. Joel Ward's making 3.5. Cause he's older, you know, that's, that's the, that's the contract for these guys. So yep. yeah, it, it's, and I, to worry about, you know, I think, you you know, like I said, if this is the 40 game mark, it's a different conversation, but you know, I've seen, sure. I've seen enough players have, have slumps over 22 games to, to not be concerned. Absolutely. All right. Well, that should do it. I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be back after the 
um, after the Montreal game, probably. Uh, and then, uh, then we're headed to Cancun, I think. Yes. I can't wait. On the Fear the Fin Yacht. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, sounds good, everybody. So you can uh, follow Marcus on Twitter at Marcus P. White. I'm at Jake Sundstrom and at Fear the Fin. Uh, email us, fearthefin at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at, uh, oh, wait, on Instagram, sorry, at fear.the.fin. If you want to talk about it, Facebook slash Fear the Fin. And you can uh, tunes if you're watching it on YouTube and don't want to watch us anymore. Uh, you can just search Fear the Fin on iTunes. So that's an easy one. Jamie Baker likes us on Instagram, so if he does, I think that's a good. That's good, true. He as does. Good investment as there is. Uh, he's a big, and he likes the captain line. That's a that's a thing now. So we're doing it. We're making T-shirts. Oh, hey, hmm. there it's you a, go. Not the worst idea I've ever had. Yeah, not at all. Uh, all right, all right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for hanging. <laughs>